Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Breaks Radio. It's one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and unfortunately, Mary's running a little bit behind, but my brother, Mr. Baylor the Great, is in the building. What's going on, BTG? Oh, man, another day, another dollar, man. The (laughs) one-ear bandit is here. (laughs) Man, let me me just commend you, bro. The fact that you're recording the podcast with these big-ass headphones on and you got an ear infection, (laughs) that's dedication, man. And I got another podcast after this, but if, if this show would have been taking place yesterday, yeah, I would have called in. I actually, I felt so bad yesterday to where I was like, yeah, let me just go ahead and text them. Just let them know I ain't going to be able to make it. But I I figured after some rest, you know what I'm saying, some antibiotics and some Motrin, you know, I feel a little bit better. So if I'm able to get out there and give more than, you know, 30 or 40%, then, you know, let's record. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. I feel that. that it, Like we were talking before we started recording, the ear infections as an adult is no fucking oh, joke. Like, that shit is, man. Yeah. So I feel your pain there, though, bro. But we appreciate you. We're going to go ahead and knock this one out make it another classic. Um, Welcome to the Breaks Radio. So to start off this week's topics, man, the uh, baby, our boy, I feel like we talk about him so much on this podcast that he's like officially like our boy. But uh, he got <laughs> he got caught on camera uh, assaulting a hotel employee. And there's not much story here, at least not the what I can find. So I'm not gonna, even going to go into who's right or wrong. The thing that I, the reason why I put this on the list and I wanted to talk about it is because I really would hate to see the baby's career get thrown off. Like, because we we it's a clear trajectory on where he can go. Like, it's, it's, right. if he progresses, there's a, a clear trajectory on that. That I would hate to see it get messed up. By him just being such a fucking hothead, bro. Like, at some point, I get it being real. I get, like, maintaining who you were before you got signed. Like, all that is commendable. But at the same time, you can't let this shit affect your money, man. That's true. That's true. Uh, But what you just said, though, um, we don't know the details. And I feel like you're correct. If this is a case of him having another, you know, hothead situation then you know somebody in his camp needs to calm him down you know we already got another brother out there who made millions and he's acting a fool as a matter of fact i just got a notification that the police just are they put a warrant a warrant out to go pick up ab so it's like you don't want to put yourself in that lane at the same time though if it was a situation where the employee was on the wrong side then you kind of like give them a pass for that, you know, but it, it didn't look right. You know, I, there's no sound to the video or like, like you said, there's no details that have come out about it. It just looked bad. Yeah. And and, and it's, I would hate to see him start being targeted because his name keeps popping up in, in stuff like this. Like we had the video of him and Cam Cold World fighting. Uh, there was a video of him a little bit before he popped, like of him in the middle of a performance, jumping off the stage to punt somebody. Like we just, the the I get it defending yourself and I would never take away from anybody no matter what your position is to defend yourself if you feel like you have to but at the same time it's just like don't give people a reason to target you and with him being on the rise and they already targeting us as black men like I just I would hate to see like two three years from now like he's going away for like a year a year or two he got to sit down and then his whole career could be thrown off a little bit right but it's also like 
again, whether whether the employee was wrong or whether he was wrong is is still your character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now, like you said, he can go to. We know how high he can get. Yeah. You don't want to mess up those endorsements, uh, or you just don't want to paint that picture to where people don't want to mess with you anymore. And when I mean people, I mean corporate people. Yeah. And then all you're doing is saying is that I'm a tough guy, and I'm, I'm and guess what? There's other tough guys out there, other tough guys tougher than you. And you will put out that I guess that that energy that cats will try to test you. Yeah. Because you already you know there's a lot of artists and a lot of athletes that um. Just you know, they they mind they own. Like nobody is running up on Kawhi Leonard, you know. That is true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah. like you get to a certain level, people know what type of character you are. They leave him alone. But then there's also cats that's like, well, if he thinks he's a tough guy, if he still thinks he's a part of the street, then show me. Yeah, yeah, and especially with like him being as real as what he is. Like we've talked about it before. Like the baby's one that that. There, there seems to be no flaws in his character. He is true to him, and and that's what why we love him, and that's why he's appreciated. So, you know, it, he's already going to be a target for people who who see him and like, all right, we know he's a high head. Let's not even. I'm not even talking to police. We're just talking about high head niggas off the street who want to try to take you down just because you're famous. But sometimes you just gotta you gotta have people for it. I, real talk, you gotta have people for that. But that word you just said though to describe the whole situation was being real. At some point, I think we got to stop attaching the word real to the ignorance. You know yeah, what I mean? True. Yeah, I feel because that. At, because at the end of the day, when you get, and it's sad that we have to use the excuse of maturing with age. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, you got to realize keeping it real is actually making it back home to your family that you're taking care of. Ain't nothing realer than that. <laughs> There's Man, nothing so real than that. Keeping it real, like the the hardest gangsters has been trying to get out of their situation for years because it's stressful. Keeping yeah. it real like that, you know. Well, there you go. Great words from Baylor. We're gonna go ahead and move into the second topic. So, Rusty Five Nine dropped a new video and a song, Overcomer, and in this he threw shots towards Yellow Wolf. And I've been one to say for years. I've always said that people really don't want beef. With Royce the Five Nine, because he's kind of been able to say whatever the hell he wants to without people really, really coming at him. But as we saw with his partner Eminem last year, is that all it takes is one person with nothing to lose, right? And Yellow Wolf, Yellow Wolf responding in the way that he has, it's just been social media. I don't think he's responded in in a song, at least not from uh, from this recording. Um, but all it takes is somebody who has nothing to lose. And I'm not saying that Yellow Wolf is even nowhere close to the level of rapper Royce the Five Nine is. But Yellow Wolf doesn't necessarily have to win this beef for for him to win it, if that makes well, sense. Royce is already Royce is already losing. Yeah, yeah. Because you're ad- you're addressing somebody and look, believe me when I say this, I'm not a Royce fan. It's not that I don't like him, mm-hmm. it's just that I know he's dope. And I know what he's capable of doing, yeah. and I may not, I may not listen to his music all the time and things like that. That's not a person that you want to pick a beef with. But at the same time, Royce, you don't want to step down for something that won't mean anything. Yeah, it won't. I don't think it'll add. All you're doing to me is just exercise. It's like sharpening your sword by yourself, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like. Um, it's not that many people who can hold a candle to Royce Five Nine on the mic. Period. Point blank. Like, and Yellow Wolf definitely isn't that. He couldn't carry Royce Five Nine mic around if if you ask me. 
But right. and I and I get throwing shots and I get I get all of that. I give somebody's pissing you off. I get subliminals. It's all part of the sport that is hip hop. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, considering the positivity that's been around Royce and the respect he's gained and like the because Royce has always been talented, but the respect that he's gained amongst his peers in like the last three to five years has been crazy. Like people people right. respect him like like I think at no other point in his career is is Having a war of words with Yellow Wolf really worth it? Like of all That's people, what I'm saying like it's not even inter- entertaining yeah. at this point. Yeah, you know, so it's like uh, I don't know, man. It'd be different if he threw bars at like somebody like a pusher, like somebody who can actually has a chance, or somebody we we would want to see something with. Even if it was just for the sport, yeah, yeah, you don't have was, to yeah. even have any ill, you know, feelings towards him. If we just knew that it was a friendly battle, I'm tuning into that. I'm not tuning into a serious beef with, you know, different level type cats. Like he's up there, you know, he's, yeah. he's to me, Royce is an elite artist, right? Yeah. Um, as far as bars, lyric, uh, lyricism, yellow wolf is one of those cats that can get, can gain more popularity by sparring with this cat. Exactly. And it's just 15 minutes of fame because in the in a couple of months or even in a couple of weeks, we're going to forget about it. That is a fact. That is a fact. So I mean, he's we'll, just wasting his time. And we'll see. I mean, if Yellow Wolf does come with a diss track, and it, I'm not saying that Yellow Wolf can't come with a fire diss track. I'm just saying in the long run, bar to bar, Yellow Wolf can't do nothing with Royce the 5'9". But, you know, we, we this is what we choose to, to watch in our sport of hip-hop and we're going to talk about it. if there's more distracts to come. I just wanted to, to mention, and one thing that I do want to ask you with this is, because I know we're both, all three of us, when Mary is here, we are respectful of the game of hip-hop, of the sport of hip-hop. Royce the 5'9", as much as he's not appreciated mainstream, he has to be one of the top lyricists of his generation, period. What's his generation? I put his generation... In M's generation, so not with the J Coles and push. Well, Pusha T maybe, but not with the generation that came after. When I talk about so his 2000 generation, two thousand to two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I can go with that. I can roll with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, I always talk about it. I could do a whole like because I follow now, where you would actually rank him. I don't know because I would actually have to go back and and you know I I would have to write that list out yeah, and then yeah, properly yeah. place them where they should go, yeah. non biased. Yeah, non-biased. We'd have to completely write that out. But let's let's move into our third topic for today. And our third topic today is a positive one. So Martin Lawrence coming off the hills of Bad Boys uh, for Life, which if you guys have not seen that movie, it is definitely worth it. I was not excited for the movie at all. Walked away from it thinking that may be the best Bad Boys movie yet. Mm. Yeah, I've heard. I was supposed to go um, not opening night, but the next night and uh, just got caught up doing some um marriage shit (laughs) but i've heard nothing i'm talking about nothing but great stuff about it i haven't heard one negative thing about it and here's the thing if we took nostalgia out of it and just judged it off the movie this is a the best written bad boys movie as as far as the script and it's just it didn't have quite as big of an action because michael bay wasn't involved but you know after you see it maybe we'll talk about it next week on the show to see how you michael feel about bay it have you sick though yeah if, I know, if right? anybody gets sick off emotion sickness like 
Oh that yeah, shit is, but, but, my wife can't watch them Transformer movies but, at all. Between the shaky cam and explode, like the one thing that I will say that's good about Michael Bay's directing is you feel like you're there because he the, the shaky cam and the explosion, you just feel like you're in the movie. But yeah. it, get, it gets to be a little too much sometimes, Michael Bay. Um, yeah, especially if you go to the four D three uh, uh, theater, bro. I went to one of those. Of going on. I went to one of those for. Damn it. I I can't remember what movie. It was a big action movie, though. Maybe it was like one of the Avengers movie. And I was like, I I'm, I loved it, but I would never do it again. I can't. Like, I, I actually went for it. Damn, that had to be an experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That had to be an it, experience. It and, um, it and uh, the um, Endgame. Okay. So, yeah, I wish I would have went to go see it for Endgame. Um, but nonetheless, so Martin Lawrence, he had this post on Instagram talking about uh, Tisha Campbell and the fact that you know all the sexual harassment stuff and said that he's always supported her there's love there she put out a tweet calling him her brother so it seems like out of all the drama that came in towards the end of martin the series that they've since built another friendships from that and they've grown past that and that's kind of always been the thing that's keeping a martin reunion from happening at least the public perception is that that's what's what that what what would have kept that from happening with this now them being public about this Martin also riding high off Bad Boys for Life. Do you think we may get a Martin reunion? Now, when you say a, so, are we talking about just a season? Not even or a season. That it, you know, like sometimes they do the 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 one night specials where it's just like an hour long. Where they where be, are they? That's going to be a very emotional hour long thing because you know we lost one of the major pieces to that, that is to true. that whole project. Yeah, and you know me, like I'm all for. I'm not. I'm not against reboots like a lot of uh, like a lot of other people are if it's done correctly mm-hmm. and it depends on what it is. Um, but when it comes to and you, when you when you mention Martin, you got to mention the Fresh Prince. You know what yeah. I mean? And for both of them, if something was to happen like that, we're all going to tune in because we were raised off of that. Wow. So hopefully, man. But you know, listening to his interview, listening to her uh, interview. Um, I think what helped the situation is that he admitted that he was an introvert. Yeah. You know, that he wasn't really out there like that. that he wasn't for the press runs and et cetera, et cetera. And he's learning how to be comfortable with doing all this stuff. So with him being quiet over the years, uh, that probably helped, you know? Yeah, for sure. And also just, you know, having that, that combo on the side with no cameras around, no no interviews or nothing like that. Just hey, call me up and let's talk about this. Yeah, for sure. Whatever whatever what whatever it was. You know, once the media get a hold to it, they gonna spin it a certain way or add some shit to it to make us believe that this was the narrative. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we do get something like that. Yeah, we need I, it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I definitely need it. I I'm not against reboots either. Like you said, it has to be done in the correct spirit for a reboot. Um I don't, I don't, I don't know if a, re, a Martin reboot would be successful. I mean, the show is called Martin, so he would have to be in it heavily. And you know, he he retired from acting completely before Bad Boys for Life, mm-hmm. so I, I doubt we get something like that. But like a one night only type thing, even if it's just like a sit down interview with all the cast and talking about some of their favorite moments and just to have that nostalgia, I'm, I'll be down for that. Any capacity in a Martin uh, short lived reboot or not reboot, but a reunion, sign me up for. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Let's move into the next topic, and that is on Tyler Perry, who I fucking hate talking about, but I wanted to put it on here. Um, so he had The Fall from Grace that just came out on Netflix. I got through maybe about 20 minutes, and I was just like, yeah, you know what? It's not for me. That's what I'll say. It's not for me. It's for some people, clearly, but it's not for me. But 
Tyler, uh, his comments, Tyler Perry mentioned how he doesn't have a writer's room and said that his audience wants to hear his voice. Now, while I kind of understand that, I think the the, the where, where I'm going to attack this from, Baylor, you let me know if you disagree, agree, whatever. The thing that I disagree with on this is that all of Tyler Perry's movies are basic, are the basic same story. Like it's an outline. And he just changes little things here and there. So now mm-hmm. to hear that he doesn't have a, a writer's room or other writers that he collabs with, it kind of made me feel like, all right, well, this is why all his movies are the exact same. Maybe you it do. Make, need, it makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you like. And this, I think all of us as creatives will get so caught up in in us that we that in just our thoughts that we realize that some every now and then you need an interjection of a different thought or a different standpoint to make something feel fresh. And that's probably why I feel the way I do about Tyler Perry movies. What do you think, Baylor? Well, at at this point, do we not see that he's doing it on purpose, though? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I was to start my rap career and was to rap about the same stuff that the Migos rap about or whatever these young artists are these days, if I started to come out and, and I patent my style after them, that means I'm catering to a certain audience, right? Yeah. And clearly the audience that he's catering towards is black women. You know, and it's, it's, it true. could be a... Now, again, he makes the same type of movies outside of the Medeas, you know, where I feel like he tried to cater to the elders a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes the same type of movies. So uh, I don't believe what he said. I mean, he probably believed that in his head that they want... The, that the audience wants to see his perspective. But no, I think... I think in in general, the people want to see a good damn movie with a perfectly written script. You know what I'm saying? Plot twist, whatever the case may be. Now, depending on how black the movie is, he might get a little backlash if he has some white writers in there. But if this is just, um, you know, a general movie, I don't think they care who the writers are as long as the movie is good. There you go. And, and you've and, given us most all the movies that you've done. We've gotten it from your perspective. Let's try somebody else. And I think this happens with all writer director combos. Like somebody who writes their own movies and directs them is that eventually it's like the objectivity gets lost, right? Because you, uh-huh. you like you you have your hand in too much. Like it's okay to throw somebody else in. And I think he also produces his own movies. And I don't want to take away from like what Tyler Perry's been able to accomplish. Um, from going from working living inside his car to now owning the biggest black or the only black owned uh production lot in studio period and he's put on a lot of actors like he's cast a lot of black actors but i would like to see that now be flipped for writers like bring in and work with young writers that give them a chance to help flesh out your script or add a new perspective like go to these film schools recruit some some young black or hell recruiting uh, uh, the next young black director and let them direct one of your scripts just to kind of flip it up that way that's what i would like to see from tyler perry going forward now i know i'm just sitting here in my in, in my basement in my studio it's easy for me to say that but Considering everything Tyler Perry's built, I would like to see that. Like just me as as somebody who's a fan of film and everything else, like to see him put some other people on. Yeah, especially um, like yo, don't let me find out that he's doing the camera work too. Like who else is getting paid besides the goddamn <laughs> actors? You know what I mean? Yeah. And let Miss Tyson retire. Shit, boy, she's. I, Hey, power to her. All all I've seen her in is is freaking uh, Tyler Perry movies, and then uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Like that's that's it in like the last few years. But uh, but yeah, uh, listeners, let us know how you feel about it. Do you think that 
Tyler Perry could benefit from having a writer's room or some other writers to help him do his movie. I want to hear from some people who are actually fans of Tyler Perry's work because I'm kind of jaded, honestly. Like it's after after Daddy's Girls, I loved, and after that one is I've just I don't know what clicked in my head. It was like all this shit is the same, and I've just been over it for like the last five six years. I'm with you on that. All right. So something we're not going to get too far into. I just kind of want to briefly talk about it because it was a moment in the culture and people have been going crazy about it on Twitter and everything else. This Aaron uh, Hernandez documentary. Have you seen yeah. it yet? Yep. Uh, I tried. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. until I don't know. Personally, I feel like the 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 whole homosexual stuff. The homosexual stuff, I feel like that was a created narrative. Yeah. I think, but at the same time, this is the thing, though. We really don't know. You know what I mean? Um, They had his, you know, his high school teammate, and then there's the cat that he was locked up with. um, And we really just don't, we really just don't know. Even with all the details about his personal life and how he grew up, about his dad, uh, the relationship he had with his parents, et cetera, et cetera. I still don't know. We still don't know the true reason why he's attached to these three bodies. We yeah. just really don't know. And yeah, the, so like the the whole gay thing, um, I'm not going to talk much on that because he's not here to defend himself on that, right? Because his ex-teammate, like, like and, and you know, even even the person in jail, like, if that's the case, then that's the case. But I think more importantly than anything on here, what I got out of this documentary is that hopefully people now start realizing the importance of mental health because this man was hurting mentally. Like, let's just yep. be real. Like, and to to have uh, stardom come and everything from football and to not really be healthy mentally, we've seen other people and other avenues and, and artists and stuff who don't who aren't mentally prepared to deal with the fame and how that breaks them down. To take someone who deal with the trauma of his dad leaving and you know to hear him have that conversation with his mom where he told his mom like if you were here right now i'll punch you in your fucking face or however you worded it like that man was hurting and yeah and he came he was kind of the last of the generation that doesn't understand the benefit of mental health and then you know after he was after he passed away they actually uh like examined his brain and found like he had and he Yo. was in an advanced stage of, of like having yeah. damage from playing football so like all those things to to come all together in this guy and you know i don't condone i would never condone like the the people he killed or whatever but i think ultimately he was kind of failed by the people around him and them not realizing that he was hurting mentally to be honest yeah yeah and you said it right there the advanced stage at a young age though yeah because what he was was he he was like younger than 26 right 26 20 yeah he wasn't no i don't think he was over 25 that's crazy and his first and his first contract was at was it at 23 it could have been at 25 yeah it could have been at between 23 and 25 but the, the cold part about it is like i like i'm a father so the one thing that tugs at my heart is kids. Yeah. And to hear him change his whole demeanor, uh, his voice even, when his daughter gets on the phone, you know, it's like, you know, it, this is a man that, yeah, he needed to be around his family. But at the same time, he had nobody to help him. Nobody to help him. And then 
it's it's always sad when something actually happens. Speaking of mental health, you know the recent video that just popped out um, about Delonte West. Yeah, it's yeah. like you see this stuff going on, but there's people out there that can help. Like there's people out there that can help, but sitting up there tweeting about it, I don't do that. Really, don't do anything. It doesn't. Yeah. Telling him to get bo- get better, get well, and things like that. Aaron Hernandez is long gone, but prior to that. This man needed some help, yeah. you know. So, you know, clearly he was a, he was around the wrong crowd, and for obvious reason he had money, and you know, it's just a sad situation, man. Yeah, it it sucks, man. And you know, I I hope that if anyone takes anything, and yeah, I I like I said, I I get the gay thing and people being surprised by it, and even people like, oh, Aaron Hernandez was was sexy, like on like. This is what y'all taking out of this documentary. Like, there's so That's much exactly stuff here, what they get. and this is what yeah. y'all taking out of it, man. And it's just it just makes me shake my head, man. And yeah, um, but did, I got. Did you hear? Left. Did you hear about one of the juries? No. How she walked in and said he was gorgeous. That's crazy, man. That's the first thing that popped out of her mouth. Never seen him in his life. Walks in and say, "Oh my God, he's gorgeous." See, really? Y'all got we got to do really? better. We got to do Come as far on, man. And as far as Delonte West, man, like that seeing that video was sad, man. Oh, it's very sad. It's yeah. very sad. I I work I work with adults with disabilities, and to see him, to see both of those videos, I've seen pictures and prior to that, maybe a few years ago, and since then, I thought you know it was quiet. I didn't hear anything about him. I thought somebody had may have gotten him some help. But then you fast forward until last week, and you see this man on the freeway, on the side of the freeway, getting stomped out. And it's like you know, we pick up our phone and we just record it. No help, no anything. You see his former teammates on Twitter leaving these long messages, bro. Don't leave no message. Go do what you can do. You know, and my wife made a great point. She said, you know, with some people, some people be so far gone to where it's hard to help them. But at that point, you got to force them to go get some help. You have to, because then you end up, you'll end up in a situation like that. You know what I'm saying? We've seen, you know, in my area, we don't have a lot of people walking around. Well, to the, you know, to our, you know, to the naked eye. We don't see anybody walking around uh, that seem to have mental illness and things like that. But, you know, yesterday we did. And we looked and she was like, I hope this lady don't walk in the middle of the street. And I hope this lady get help. And we called the police. Yeah. We called the police and said, there's a lady just walking around. She's walking in the middle of the street. And that's the best we, that we could do. But we did something. There you go. You gotta you gotta help help people, man. And like I said, that's that's when it's when it's you gotta you gotta remember that there's a person there. Like I get it, shit's funny. I get you on a recorder. I get get documenting everything, but like help people. We gotta help each other, yeah. man. Um, but uh, I got nothing left. You ready to get into this first break so we can come back and talk about this crazy ass episode of Power, bro? You know I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after this. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, aka Dan on Drugs, and I am Afro Becky, aka Afro Becky, and we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast, podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal 
and our lovely, esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature, and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposite. Motherfucker. Bro. This this is the content I signed up for when when I when I got came back for this uh the last half of the season. This episode with Tommy was probably the best of this whole final season, bro. It was a good one. It was a good one. And it sucks that we had to get through like the pause episode. Uh Andre's episode was good. So I don't want to make it seem like it was all bad since the break or whatever, but it wasn't Andre's episode was powerful with the stuff with his mom and we get to see a different dynamic and we finally got to see him die. But this one, to see Tommy go from where he was at the start of this episode, from being mentally broken, to realizing, no, I was wrong about Ghost. Like, when he has that conversation with Tariq and says, look, I was wrong. That's my brother. I got to go sit. Like, when he said that, I can't remember who, I think he was talking to the girl. I can't remember who he was talking about. When he said, I got to go save my brother. Like, that shit, I don't get emotional very often, but that shit touched me because it's like, you were ready to kill him three, four episodes ago. Now he's back to your brother. And if it wasn't for the motherfucking mobs just slowing him down, he would have been there to help to help go. He would have got there. Let's talk about that. Now, I court of course it's you know, it's for the show. Mm-hmm. How the hell did he get out of that? Oh. Plot armor. He had that Dre. Dre doesn't have it anymore, so they gave it they gave it to Tommy. Because that was a Drake God. situation, bro. That was a Drake situation. That is crazy. I said, look, I thought I ain't gonna lie to you. I thought he was gonna die. Yeah, I did too. I, I I honestly did too. Especially if it wasn't for it being the final season, I wouldn't have. I would have been like, he's gonna get out of it. But with it, with it being, I was like, nah, he's he's he may be a goner on this one. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be one of those. Uh, the reason reason why Tommy couldn't get there to tell Ghost how he really felt is because he didn't make it himself. Yeah, yeah, and and seeing seeing that moment of him with Ghost on the floor, he's like, just let it go, just let it go, like. Ah. Bro, this this is this is this is the show I love. This is why I love this show, man. Right, and I and I, I really feel like Mary should have been on this one because her her guess is getting close. Is getting is looking real good right Isn't now. Isn't it? It's looking real yes. good. She yeah, Mary called that one. We're gonna have to pull that. The when when the final episode airs, I'm gonna have that clip of her saying that just ready, so that way I can post it and tag it on Power if it ends up being true, so she can get her shine. Because the world yeah, needs to hear that. And you know what? I didn't tell anybody because they would either have to go back and check the episode mm-hmm. or they'll have to wait and see. But the reason why I told Kat, I, I posted on Twitter, I said Tyreek didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it. So people said go into detail about it. I said it's not, not just because of me co-signing with Mary, but I feel like that moment when Tommy pointed the gun at the shooter. Mm-hmm. And Ghost said, no, let it go. I don't think Tommy points the gun at Tyreek like that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if it was Tyreek, he would have been like, what did you, what the fuck did you do? Like, it would have been. Yeah, it, it or even been, yelled his name out. Yeah, it wouldn't have been an immediate, let me pull the gun up to shoot you if it, if it was Tyreek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yo. 50, and look, and let me tell everybody that, you know, some of the people that do have, quote unquote, have the ending already. 50 has already come out and cleared it and said he has several different endings. So we really don't know which one we're going to get. 
That I felt was the biggest chess move he could have made because, again, shit does leak out. And I don't want to see anything leaked or whatever. I want to be surprised when everybody else is surprised. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. I would like to see those alternate endings, but after we find out who it really was. I want, I want, they probably ha- literally have one with every character to possibly be on the show. Do it. I guarantee you they probably film one with Kendrick Lamar's character shooting ghosts, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. They're just going to go through a gang of different people. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Um, so, like, with uh, they're doing something, and I didn't pick up on it on, until this episode, and then I researched it, and um, the, the, the writer of the show, I always forget her name, and she's a great, like, the showrunner on this one, said that it's purposeful. So, in the last episode with Paz, when she ran into um, Tommy's apartment and said, I need, you, I need you to kill Jamie, all Tommy's response was, I can't do that. On this episode, we see that same exchange, but this time Tommy says, who, Ghost? And so the the showrunner has said that that's purposeful. So they're they're telling the story in the way that everything is different depending on the perspective of the person who's who's the main character of that show. So, for example, when it was Paz, when it was Angela's sister, the reason why we didn't see him saying Ghost is because Paz doesn't know the name Ghost. So that wouldn't have even registered. That That memory wouldn't have stuck with her because she's more concerned with him saying no i can't do that so when we see it from tommy's perspective he says who ghost and we get that and it's and there's a difference there but but that's because we're in a different person's point of view and she said what she's trying to do is tell you that all these people are unreliable narrators so her saying that now makes me think of is ghost really dead because if we're if we're sitting here telling the story that the the people's perspectives we're seeing it from their perspectives and they're unreliable narrators we, this yeah this episode we saw ghost technically die right but before uh-huh. then it's all been in the news so what if to, from tommy's perspective he does think ghost is dying because that's his brother he's already emotional he's dying but what if what if ghost didn't actually die what if he's not dead not saying that he's not going to be dead by the end of the series but what if that's part of this unreliable narration that they're going with, since they are going with that perspective? Well, I'm somewhat. If that's the case, then I would be somewhat right because I, early on when we made our predictions, I said, "Well, Ghost never got shot, mm-hmm. right?" So that might not be completely true. He probably did get shot, but he lived or whatever. So we'll see. I mean, this is going to be um, must-see TV. I'll just say that. Like yeah. everybody's going to be tuned in. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, anything left for power, any last speculation or anything? Because I think we got two more episodes. This next one, I think it's going to kind of all be clear by then, bro. I honestly think this, The I think the last episode is going to be more of a finally a farewell to Ghost. And I think I think we're going to be more clear on who killed him at, by the end of this next episode. And the beginning of the final one, we're going to know who killed him within the first 15, 20 minutes. So do you think it's a metaphor of Ghost dying and St. Patrick coming alive? So they have said in the news, it's always Saint Jamie St. Patrick has died, right? And everyone has everyone else has said Ghost is died. Who shot Ghost? Who killed Ghost? I honestly think that this is a it's a metaphor for him becoming a completely new person. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I also think this for a lot of people, like people got to stop, you know, picking the, you know, the low fruit, like it's not. I, I don't think this. Uh, this. This is why I said I don't think it's Tyreek for other reasons. What um, and what I said, 
it's too obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's way too obvious. Like they they spent they spent the last two seasons telling why Tyreek started hating hating ghosts. They're not gonna. It's too obvious for him to be the killer. Yeah, I mean, they don't want to end on that note. Fifty, his ego is too big to end on that note. You know, even though he might act like he doesn't care what the he does, because he changed the goddamn intro song back, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to have a he's going to have a great ending. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I want to talk about before we move into new music and talk about uh, an album, two albums that dropped, is uh, after this episode aired. You know, Tommy goes off to his own in California. I love the way he killed Spanky too. By the way, like yo, him him saying, "Well, if I tell you, I'd have to kill you." California, bop right in the eye. Love that shit. Yeah, yeah. And the cold part about it was, as soon as he heard that goddamn engine rev, yeah. he already knew, he it. knew it. Me, me personally, and I know it's a part of the, I know it's a part of the show. But as soon as I hear that engine rev, I'm running. Yeah, absolutely. I'm running. But after this episode air, uh. The character, Joseph Sakura, who plays Tommy, posted a, 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 a picture of him in a hat that said Tommy season one. Do you think this is it's going to happen? Do you think we get a Tommy spin? I have my speculation, but I'll let you get yours off first. He could be, uh, or at least he's a part of the spinoff. See, here's my, my perspective is, is that not even, so we're going to get, we're going to get the, the spinoff of power. I think, I even think uh, 50 Cent said we're going to get it six months after the end of this of this season of Power. So it's coming soon. Um, uh-huh. They've already started casting. But I think what Ooh, we're going to get. a good summer blockbuster right there. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think what we're going to get is next winter, we're going to get a, mini, a Tommy miniseries. That's it. I don't think it's going to be. Go ahead. So, so what you're saying is he's going to milk the hell out of this Power. Absolutely. He's going to milk it. Absolutely. And as he should, though, because it's, it's yeah. a good. It's a good. Uh, well, what what would you call? It? It's not technically it wouldn't be called a trilogy, right? No, it's just it's just a, a franchise. A franchise, yeah. And I think okay. and I think the way that they'll do it is like, let's say they're gonna do because you know I was a Breaking Bad fan. They just had the Breaking Bad movie, right? Finally, yeah. But I not in the movie per se, but I think who, what's to stop them from doing a three hour, a three episode, one hour each. For Tommy, and then if it does blow up, to say, all right, we're going to come back with a longer season the next time for Tommy. And then you have two. You have the spinoff, and then you have Tommy going on, on different power all year round, bro. Yeah, they could definitely milk Tommy because yeah. he's a powerful character. I'm not sure who else they could do that with because they didn't really build up anybody else as much as they did with Tommy. Exactly. And then we can use Tommy, like, even though he's going to be out in California, that's how we can see some of these characters that, like maybe they'll pop up. Maybe a Tariq comes to visit Tommy out in California. But you know what? We gotta feel a real like you know how um the Sons of Anarchy has the Mayans, right? Yeah. So you never know that that spinoff can come off of that spinoff into a whole totally different world. Like it could take place in California or it could take place in Atlanta or something like that. But it's all connected to certain to certain characters. I like know. it. 50 can milk this and the thing is I don't I don't know him personally but you could just see that he loves that hunger of creating content exactly through movies yeah. so through movies and TV shows so I'm here for it there you go well that's it for the power recap we're gonna get into new music and you know I had already came into this week expecting to talk about Mac Miller's album but we got a surprise mm-hmm. Eminem dropped music to be murdered by bro 
I, I, okay. And it's so funny because la- last week we talked about, you know, Spice One saying that there's new Eminem music coming. Little did I know two days later that the fucking music would be here, bro. So what, what do you think after your, your initial listen to this? Well, I'm going to I'm going to apologize kind of because I remember I was one of the cats that said, "Look, I'm not here for the the big words and rhyming not out of the, straight out of the dictionary. I'm not here for that." Yo, he tapped into some he tapped into some shit on this goddamn album. Yeah. And I can't even tell you the rest of the tracks on the album, but I can tell you about that Darkness track. And when I say that track stood out, I didn't know how to, I felt guilty enjoying that track. That's how good it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we live in an era where a lot of people look towards the, they see the, they take the content as disrespect, disrespect as, uh, rather than looking at it as art. And by him, by him painting that picture through the Vegas shooter's eyes, that shit was crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, he Eminem like well, I've always said Eminem is one of those rappers who needs an opponent, whether it be someone physically, uh, someone in the in the, like his critics coming at him. He needs something to direct his focus on. Otherwise, he does some crazy and retarded shit. This is from, coming from an M fan. I can admit this, and unfortunately, like with this album, let me say, unfortunately, fortunately. He was able to channel his anger to certain things, like the gun violence. Clearly, he's angry, and he feels a way about that. But he was able to channel channel it, finally, into still a cohesive album. I'm not going to say this is his best album. Would never say that at all. But at this age, at this point in the game, for him to deliver an album that's this cohesive, this focused, without trying some of the antics and tactics that he's done before, sure he's thrown he he threw bars at a couple of people. That's what M does. He's an, he's a rapper. He's a, he's a battle yeah. rapper. That's what he started. At. He's always going to have people who's the target of his pen. But there was something about this album that I walked away th- feeling like, all right, this one did it. This this he this had a, he one. had a lot of real life content yeah. that was involved in this, and the production was good. Yeah, the production was top notch on here. But here's what here's here's and. I, I didn't do this on the last when we reviewed Kamikaze a while ago. Um, so at, even being an M fan, I have to talk about this aspect. This album is 20 tracks long, right? Mm-hmm. How many skippables did you have on this album? Um, I would say it was somewhere around two. But the only reason is because I was really stuck on that darkness track. I feel that. So what I did was I listened to it all the way through. And then I went back to certain songs that caught my ear and then I got stuck on darkness and I avoided going back through the whole album. But I'm telling you that that first listen, it was a good listen. Mm. It's just that I heard great tracks and I was glued to it. Do you think that as a, a, a artist who's been around as long as Eminem should be had been able to cut out the tracks that weren't good and made this a shorter possibly better received project by cutting out some of the fluff. So we're saying no. it's 20. No, you th- no, no, okay. no. And, and because uh, last year, I think it was last year, Neo had put out an album that had like 20 some tracks. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I can, sometimes you got to put yourself in the creatives, in the creative uh, mind and say, everything that I do is good. I just don't know what people is going to take from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know which one is going to be like, 
his favorite track might not be the favorite tracks that we like, you know, because it might be certain messages and the way he, the way he flows to it, the, the beat that he picked, uh, like the content that was a part of that track that really meant something to him. So again, like I said, you know, going back to Pusha, picking those seven tracks, mm-hmm. everybody thought that wasn't a long enough album, but it was perfect because he picked the seven best tracks. Well, if he had a track list that was between 14 or 20, it could have been three or four of the tracks out, you know, on there that was dope. Yeah. But he took a core seven that he just said for sure was going to be good. Eminem was like, nah, man, I think this core 20 is going to rock, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, I just, I just feel like for me, there was like four, four or five tracks where I was just like, I don't know. Like there's, I will say this: there was something in each one of those tracks that I like. Whether it was the beat, whether it was a, a a verse M had, there was something in it that kind of redeemed it. But I just feel like it could have been a more focused album had he cut that out. But I understand the creative process. I do that each week with my podcast. Sometimes I get on rants so where I'm like, should I cut this? But no, nah, fuck it, I'm leaving it in. So I understand right. that. Like you pointed that out, I understand that from a creative standpoint. So um, yeah. But overall. I, I, out of ten, what you giving this album, Baylor? Out of, out of ten, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him because of the length of the album. I would go a solid eight, eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm at about a seven and a half. Um, with this album, and that's just because of those four tracks that I really just didn't care for. But overall, it's like, yeah, high top. I do have him. an idea because of him and because of what we just finished talking about. I have an idea that. Um, and this, this uh, of course, will involve other artists, but we need to come up with their with their best tracks of all time and like create that. an album. You know I what like I mean? All, from our perspective, because I think and call me crazy. And you know what? It, and maybe it was just the timing of it as well, because I actually watched the the Aaron Hernandez uh, series around the time that I was listening to the album. So that darkness track really, you know, kind of blended in with what I was watching. I feel that. I feel that. Well, uh, next we got Mac Miller on here. Now, last week you said, it's funny that you pointed, you was like, are people going to care more about an M album or a Mac Miller album? We didn't know they'd be dropping on the same day. Um, So what do you think about about Circles from uh, Mac Miller? Now, for all these Mac Miller fans out here, understand what I'm just saying. And there's no disrespect, but it felt like, and I'm dead serious. What I'm not, I'm not doing this for any type of clout. I'm not doing this for clicks. But it sounded like he made this after he passed away. And that's what's so eerie about this album because I feel the exact same way. It's like I don't know, man. You know how like you know how like even and I'm not comparing him as a rapper to Tupac, but you know how like there's been. Tupac verses that dropped after he died that is just like him talking about his own death or passing away or being remembered and it's like god damn mm-hmm. you get some of that on this album like this and and first of all I want to say this isn't just a rap album from the instrumentals that he picked from like some of the the court like this is just an artist and and it sucks because it feel it feel like honestly this this album feels like someone who was finally reaching the peak of their artistry who no longer wanted to fit in the box who just said this is the type of music i'm feeling this is what i'm gonna make right but the thing about it is i didn't enjoy it you didn't i didn't enjoy it the way i thought i was going to enjoy it i didn't um eerie is the correct word it felt it felt off 
you know uh if, if anybody it's 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 not a, it's not that good of a movie but there's a movie on netflix it's called jacob's jacob's ladder, ladder. yeah uh towards the end well at the end of the movie uh i think he's like wheelchair to like this open field and there's like sunlight or some shit like that what i'm trying to get at it is it feels like mac miller got to this space where he was just free and he created some music that he really or how he felt where he's at right now and he just put it down this shit sounds like he created that album after he passed away that's yes, literally dude. how it sounds to me i feel that and there's this movie um i don't god the name is escaping me right now shit but the it's funny because the movie is told like you're, you're watching this movie and all types of weird stuff's happening oh it's called stay had to look it up real quick and so in this movie like this guy like it's it's about this guy's life and it's uh james brolin and i can't remember the other actor's name in it but um so in this movie it's like um this guy's just living his life and you get like little weird things like a a random tire pop up or a piece of art to pop up or this person to have a weird conversation with them and at the end of the movie it actually turns out that this whole movie he was laying after a car accident dying and everything that he was seeing or the weirdness that popped up in the movie were things that he was seeing as he was dying and and his brain was trying to make sense of it Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like this album. This out. Al- this is the musical version of the movie stay. I'm gonna go watch that now. Shit, yeah. <laughs> God, t- that sounds that I'm, sounds awesome. It's an amazing. Like w- the first time you watch it, you'll be like, "This is just some weird." Like, what the fuck are they doing? And then after the ending happens, you'll immediately want to play the movie back because of the ending. You immediately want to go back and watch it from now knowing that perspective. Right, right. I will say this to all the potheads out there. Go listen to this album, and that shit will get you emotional in a different type of way. Is like like you like Hayes said, man. It's very eerie, man. Yeah, really, definitely. definitely. Um, I don't even feel right ranking this one, <laughs> so I'm not gonna put a, a put a ranking. I'm leaving on it alone. It. Yeah, because I just feel like it's not necessarily the vision he would have done because we don't know how else he would have crafted that album. So I don't feel comfortable ranking it. Um, but. That's it for our second segment today. Uh, we are ha- going to get into our last break. We're not going to finish our, our, our brackets because I don't feel right doing that without Mary here, but we're going to hit you with a last topic before we go Wait, home. before we get off of that, yeah, you just said something. You said if he was here, you don't think he would have crafted that way, uh-huh. right? Did you hear any type of singles that can come off of that? None. Okay, so yeah. point proven. Yeah. All right, we're going to get into our last break, and when we come back after this, we've got that last topic for you. Yo, this your boy, Flo 700. What's good, everybody? It's your guy, Fresco. And we are the, the Podcast, Podcast Brothers. Brothers. Dig? Yeah. Hey, what is our show about, actually? Our show is about a little bit of everything, man. It's not just one thing, but it's a little bit of this. Right. It's a like a little oh. bit of that. Oh, my goodness. No. You don't, like that song? No. Not from you. What song is that? I don't know. It don't matter. It It doesn't matter what song that is. Well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers kicking the shit. Real life brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. And if you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for a healthy debate. makes for good dialogue. And it keeps the the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the podcast brothers is dead. You did. Chill. All right. So this, I had to pull this one out. You know, we like leaving you guys something to think about. Uh, me and Bailey, we'll probably not get into it on this one. So with the Eminem album dropping, and us talking about that, 
what rapper do you think dropped the best album late in their career that w- that could have compared to something early in their career? Um, and Jay Z four 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 is kind of easy one to go to. We're just gonna not even categorize that one, so we're not gonna count that one. Pusha. That's the only that's the only person I could think of because I mean no disrespect to my West Coast artists out there. Um, it seems like the older they get, the more West Coast they get. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I'm going to have to. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna say push and I'm gonna say game. Yeah, you can't you can't deny game's been consistent throughout his whole career. So yeah, um, damn. I will say this may be a cheat though because. It was his first solo album, but he had been around in a while, but Bumby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to go yeah. through that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bumby's first solo album was was a and even Raekwon with only built for Cuban Links too was uh and part three. Uh well part three is coming, but only built for Cuban Links too doesn't would never compare to the first one, so I'm not saying that. But considering that he was almost forty when that album dropped. It was still a solid album, so I got to give him to that. Bro, right. we're forgetting. Wait a second. Because before we leave, we can't. Common. What album did he put out? I mean, it hasn't came out recently, but B, that was late in his in his career. Yeah, but you know what adds on to the lateness is that he's been this hell of a movie star. That is true. You know, yeah. I mean... I mean, okay. I'll go by. I'll go through with it. I put Common and Royce is in the same boat to me. Like I know how dope they are, but it's not my cup of tea. But if you gave me some tea, I'll drink it. There you go. Well, that's a great way but, to end it this but week, I, man. But I'll be, I'll be fair with it. I'll go, I'll go and check it. So he might be up there. But as far <laughs> as my picks, I gotta go with Game. And I gotta go with Push. It. I feel those picks, man. Push it definitely. Like pushes. I think he's the the pinnacle of what you can get as an artist in in that late in his life, like because he's even even if he just gave us twenty one minutes, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's it, man. Nothing left this week, Baylor. If you got uh, any parting words, go and give it to him. Otherwise, give him your social media. Uh, yeah, at Baylor the Great on all social media platforms. Uh, BTG for president. Open run with BTG. Uh, Rare Signers Network. Hope to see you in April. Smoke free weekend. <laughs> and you can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow us collectively at the Breaks Radio. And lastly, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. TheBreaksRadio at gmail.com. We are the number one hip hop podcast around. Period. Point blank. If you got a problem with it, you can see me. We are out this week. Peace. Miss you, Mary. <laughs> in search of right, like the birth of Christ. Breaking every generational curse in life. Perverse, concise, make sure the verse is right. Return who adverse to the earth, make sure that my hearse is white. In the contract, Jewish, to match a grind that's foolish. A Quran that's Buddhist. Rapping so my Quran and the non-stack moolah As I signed on the dotted line with the passion of a blind tattooist In reaction to slithers from lizard's mouth Yellow Wolf, this is your first and your last pass I ain't gonna put it on blast, your punk ass know what this about You think it's about being loud or trying to be hostile Till you get found face down on the ground outside of Kid Rock House Though you a vulture pundit, I hope you get sober from this Men lie, women lie, so do numbers the energy never lies when you are overcomer. The energy never dies when you are overcomer. I don't rhyme for the likes, I'm who the jealous target. I'm underground for life, this shit is a